morning and welcome to our worship service at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, this Sunday, August 8th. We're so glad that you have joined us for worship today. We're worshiping on campus and online, and on campus we are in our sanctuary. It's so good to be here. But again, let me remind you that we are following our revised health safety protocols while on campus, which is that we are asking all of you who are present with us when you come to be present with us in worship or in the office or uh, if there's a gathering on church in one of the uh, room buildings that you wear a mask, whether you are vaccinated or not. This way we will be as protective as we can be of those among us who are vulnerable. And, you know, sometimes we don't know who those people are. Uh, one of our clergy, as I mentioned last week, uh, caught COVID, though he was vaccinated and has since died. Uh, two of our church families have uh, COVID, and so it wasn't their intention uh, to get it, and they thought they were protected. So we want to be careful. We don't know really... Uh, all the ins and outs of this, but we do know that if we uh, mask ourselves and and keep a certain kind of a sensibility of distance among ourselves, we'll, we'll give each other the best chance we can, uh, as well as getting vaccinated. So uh, I encourage you all in those uh, restraints. It will pass. At, at some moment, we will learn how to live with this virus as we humans have learned how to live with other viruses that are around us. And Hopefully that time will come when science catches up to the disease and our behaviors catch up to our science. Um, but until all of that happens, uh, let's just look out for one another. Remember how Jesus kind of encouraged us to uh, be a good neighbor, right? And uh, our foundation of faith calls us out from the beginning to be our brother and sister's keepers. You know, now what does that mean? Might it actually mean this? This is a way that we can help keep one another. Pretty simple thing. So anyway, enough said. You know what I'm talking about. Um, those of you who are watching us online, we're still dealing with this possibility that the video clip that we use during this film series might be cut off by the uh, people that are airing our broadcast. If that happens, do not panic. Uh, we hope it doesn't happen. It didn't happen last week. Um, hopefully it won't happen this week. But should that happen, just hang tight. Uh, this, the uh, film clip is just a couple minutes. And when it's over, we will resume our live stream and hopefully you will resume seeing it. So again, I, I'm hoping I'm giving a word of, of caution about something that will not happen. But should it happen, uh, be at peace and be patient with us. Manna Food Drive is this afternoon, as well as the Manny Mansions, Manny Mansions School Supply drop-off today at 3 o'clock in the parking lot. So uh, um, participate in that if that is something that uh, uh, stimulates you as a way to live out your faith. I know it's appreciated in our community. And remember the deal on the flowers. The severances are taking advantage of that. This Sunday, we're celebrating... What is it? Your 55th wedding anniversary? Congratulations. They're here with us today, and we, we honor them, and we thank them for uh, taking advantage of the offer of uh, a little less expensive flowers to adorn our sanctuary. All right, let us then uh, center ourselves as we uh, turn to God through prayer, through Scripture, through our reflective thoughts that we might worship God and then also be empowered by God to live lives of God's pleasing. Let's worship. got into the habit um, just right at the beginning of the pandemic to uh, begin worship with a, 
uh, a few words about what uh, the focus of worship is going to be. And, and this was on the advisement of a number of laity who, who wanted to uh, see the coherence of the whole worship service and be hip to what's happening from the very beginning rather than surprised by it in uh, the scripture in the worship uh, sermon. Because as you know, Rachel and I, with Gloria and, and Jenny, work hard to have the whole worship service have a sense of coherence around a theme. And so um, today you might notice that that theme is grace. I'm wondering just how many times you've experienced what's commonly talked about as a second chance. When you've avoided the consequences of a bad decision or some bad actions, perhaps, um, and are given another opportunity to do it right or to say it right. And, and usually that happens because the person that you're dealing with is someone that cares for you or loves you. Uh, oftentimes in society, we don't give other people second chances. I'm not exactly sure why that is. Um, it's free to offer doesn't really cost us a whole lot, and oftentimes it ends us up in a better place. Sometimes these second chances that I'm, I'm talking about are remarkable, and they are life-changing moments. And I'm thinking now of the more dramatic, deep, uh, internal, powerful changes of one's life that comes from an experience of God in our life that helps us to be retooled or, or perhaps brought back to life in our own eyes. It's kind of like a rebirthing experience, perhaps, in which the slate seems to be washed clean by some kind of miracle, which we call grace, and life is renewed. God offers this kind of do-overs to all of us. And we need only to, to seize the offer and make the most of it. So, this Sunday, I remind you of the power of grace in all of our lives, and I encourage you not to take God's grace in vain. Let's stand and sing our opening hymn. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt, yonder on Calvary's be seated. And uh, just as a, as a sidebar, I saw some of you picked up the hymnal, and you are welcome to do that if you're part of the old school that wants to actually see the notes that you're trying to sing, like those black dots and little flags and stuff mean something to you. Uh, you're welcome. 
You're welcome. Just, just use them. You know, we're, we're thinking that perhaps we're not spreading this disease so much by physical contact. So, uh, but we do each week um, sanitize the space. And so it's been untouched for six days. So we feel pretty secure that, that you would be safe if you want to look at that. Now, many of those in my generation, the younger generation, We were raised at, at church camps where you just sang whatever was played and you figured out what to sing, right? Or we went to concerts. You know, when you went to the Grateful Dead concert, did you, did you actually get notes handed out in the bulletin for the concert so you knew how to sing the songs? No, no, you didn't. I mean, you just belted it out, right? You kind of figured out where Garcia was going and you, and you sang it, right? So... Us younger folk, we, we may not feel the need for the hymnal, but if, you're, if, if you do, please, en enjoy. Let's pray. Uh, holy God, holy God, we, we pray that you are with us in this time of worship. We know that you are, so we really are praying that we are aware of your presence with us in this time of worship. Help us to notice you within and among us. Open our hearts and our minds to your word for us this day so that we might be nurtured and we might be inspired and, and perhaps we might even be healed a bit and drawn further along in our lives of discipleship and faith. We pray for that kind of effect of your grace upon us this day through worship. Amen. Hi friends, how are you today? As you can tell, I'm not in worship today. Our family is on vacation. We're taking that one last trip before the end of summer. I can't believe it, but Mark and Maya start school this week. Some of you guys do too, huh? Some of you guys have another week before you start school, and some of you have a slightly different schedule, and that's okay. It's hard to believe that the summer's almost over and that we're getting ready to gear up for school. Do you know what that means? That means one, I would love it if you brought your backpacks to church on next Sunday. And we're gonna say a prayer over your backpacks and I hope to have backpack blessing tags for you so that you can take those with you, attach them to your backpacks and remember that you have a church family that is supporting you. Two, I hope that you will also Remember your Sunday school lesson from today. Today in Sunday school, you're going to talk about a woman named Esther. A woman who, named Esther who did big things for her community, for the people who were most important to her and special to her. She did something that was difficult. She talked to someone that was a little intimidating and worked to make change. I look forward to hearing what you have to hear about Esther, but one of my favorite lines from scripture is in that book of the Bible. It says, for a time such as this, and it talks about maybe we were created for a time such as this. For Esther, it was a time for her to talk to the king. For us, it could be a variety of things, but I hope that you know that you have a God who supports you, that gives you the power and the strength to take a stand for what you believe is right, and that you have a church community that supports you, that has your back, that makes sure that you have the spiritual aspect, grounding, the spiritual support that you need so that you can possibly do difficult things, but do what you know in your heart is right 
as God has placed it on your heart. I hope that you're enjoying the last days of summer and I hope that you know how deeply you are loved. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow and yesterday. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us courage to try new things, to stand up for what is right, and to be ready to act for a time such as this. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can head off to Sunday school now. Thanks so much. center ourselves and go to God in prayer. Holy God, we pray that you would hear the stirrings of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join with one another in prayer. We begin with confessing that there are times when we have been less than you or we would have wished we were, and we spend a moment in a time of prayerful confession. May your grace wash us clean and strengthen our resolve to live better. To live as you would have us live with our loved ones, with our neighbors, with those who we might even think are our strangers. We ask for your help in our lives with the many concerns of each day as it comes and as it goes. All those challenges from living in pandemic times and times of social and political stress. There are ethical imperatives in our faith and we pray that you would help us to live up to them just as the noble ideals of our country are before our eyes and we ask that you would help us collectively to find our way to them. Guide us in the days ahead to be our best selves. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues, with troubled relationships, uncertain employment, or other forms of disease and discomfort. We pray, Lord God, that you would hear our prayers. We think specifically of Linda Northrup and her husband, Dave, Kathy Drake and her husband, Ken, Steve Blassengame, John Roberts, Pastor Rachel's aunt, Betsy as they deal with the effects of their cancer treatments and make decisions on how to proceed forward with those cancer options, those treatment options, all of the life challenges that are due to their situations. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for lovey. An eight-month-old having open-heart surgery uh, upcoming, I think it is this Friday the 13th, for, for Mom Lynn and all the family and friends around her that care for her and are praying for her uh, successful surgery. We join our spirits in those prayers. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. 
for Kathy as she continues to heal from her arm break and for Ruth Truman as she is recovering from a fall. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Tracy Morst as she recovers from her back surgery and Mike Hilliard as he recovers from his cancer surgery. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Esther Mayer's son who is suffering a number of health concerns. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For a friend of Jean de Haven, Ava Cancino, who grieves the death of her sister Margot from a fall. And for all those who are joining wife Marion in grieving the passing of her husband and many of us of our friends, John Reed. Oh Lord, Hear our prayers. We think of those who have contacted COVID around the globe, in our nation, in our community. They're battling this disease and it goes on. We, we think specifically of the, the Ledford family, of the Moravik's cousin, Wade. We think of the friend of the Lamberg family, uh, Pat Murphy. We pray that you would help all of them to continue on their healing way and getting better and improving in their life. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for those who have surgery upcoming. It's a difficult time waiting for uh, what's needed to help make us um, improve in our health. We're thinking of Doug Johnson as he waits for the scheduling of a, of a surgery for a torn bicep. We think of Dick Thomas as he awaits uh, his scheduled colon surgery, and we think of Phil Severance as he awaits his prostate surgery. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we give thanks over particular uh, moments of joy that uh, members of our extended family have experienced. We're thinking of Ruth Truman and the Truman family as they have celebrated the wedding of their grandson. We think of the Tabatol family and the Elginer family as they travel the country and enjoy uh, some more days of vacation. We pray for all of us who have moments of joy in our lives that we would raise our eyes to you and give you thanks for those moments as well. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining together in the prayer he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Come ye disconsolate Tenderly saying, Ooh. 
so thankful for Tracy. Uh, She among a number of uh, dear hearts in our congregation that know what those little black dots mean (laughs) and and sing them perfectly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We are in the middle of some very challenging times pandemic, social unrest, and uncertainty. An uncertainty and a lack of trust in the world, it seems, for many of us, and the intentions of others. As I, as I talk to folk, Orwell's world seems to be descending on us, they think. Can we save the world? Can we be saved? I think of Bono's line from one of his songs. Hey, Jesus, can you throw a drowning man a line? How many of us have felt that way this year or so? You know, so I'm thinking how valuable it might be for us to focus on grace. Just spend some time on grace. How grace is unmerited, how it's freely offered to us by God. Yet, in the receiving of this grace and the living fully into its, its implications, its power, Everything, everything can change. Scripture talks to us about it in a whole lot of places. I've chosen a couple to share with you this morning. And so I want to ask the media team to bring up our first scripture lesson. Our scripture reading today is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by the grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's important to do well in our lives to live rightly and holy. Yet, you know, good behavior... uh, isn't enough for us to be uh, 
spiritual heroes or, or personal messiahs to our family or to our world. And I think that's because, in truth, none of us are really all that good. At least, not all the time. Truth be told, we, we mess up and we fail a lot. That's kind of like what we humans are. We're good at that. We're not great at being perfectly good. And so none of us can really justify ourselves before God. And for that, we need God. And what God did through Christ Jesus to to draw us back, to heal us, to, to justify us in our religious language. Jesus' gift of sacrificial love works the trick for the sin-sick soul. It puts us into right relationship with God. It offers us a way back into right relationship with one another. It's a marvelous, marvelous thing. Yet it's not offered, how should I say this, carelessly or without intention from God. It's offered to be used. So to add a little seriousness to the value of this offer of grace, I want us to hear a second scripture reading for the day. And media team, will you bring that up for us? Our next scripture reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, and I say this seriously, uh, don't presume on God. Don't take God's grace in vain. It is precious, it's miraculous, it is needed, it is unmerited, a gift of immeasurable greatness and power in our lives. So so be serious about this spiritual offer from God, this spiritual stuff of your lives. Prize God's grace. Prize it in how you live and order your lives. Seek to celebrate it and to honor it daily. Focus on it. Maximize it. It might actually just save your life. It will save your life. Today we're taking a look at a film clip from Les Mis entitled Release Him. That's the segment of of the film that we're looking at. You know the story. I think you know the story. Even if I don't say the whole name, Miserables, out loud, just kind of sneak by with saying Les Mis. My wife is cringing right now, you know. That's part of the joy and the humility of being married to an English teacher. Jean Valjean, right, has gotten free from years of being unrightfully imprisoned. He is now a beaten down man impoverished. By the look of it, he's not very healthy. He's perhaps really near death. Extremists, you might say, right? Spiritually, emotionally, physically. He sees little good in life, nor, well, nor much of a future for himself. He's on the run. And he spends a night of respite in a cathedral rectory, thanks to a caring bishop who says, who offers 
these words to him. Rest from pain and rest from wrong. Before dawn, though, he runs off stealing the silver. And as his luck would have it, he gets caught. Doesn't take very long. So, media team, I want you to bring up this clip and, and let's watch this. It, it's, this is the, the singing version of the film. So, we're going to ha have the delight of other people who know notes and can actually sing them. And, and this, is, this is that scene that follows him being caught and brought back. Hey! Come and suffer, you are weary. And the night is cold out here. Though our lives are very humble, what we have, we have to share. There is wine here to revive you. There is bread to make you strong. There's a bed to rest till morning. Rest from pain and rest from wrong. Bless the food we eat today. Bless our dear sister and our honored guest. We have your silver. We caught this man red-handed. Get the nerve to say you gave him this. That is right. But my friend, you left so early. Surely something slipped your mind. You forgot. I gave these also. Would you leave the best behind? Monsieur, release him. This man has spoken true. I commend you for your duty. Now God's blessing go with you. But remember this, my brother. Seeing this some higher plan, you must use this precious silver to become an honest man by the witness of the martyrs by the passion and the blood God has raised you out of darkness I have saved your soul for tissues out there? Well, remember this, my brother. Seeing this some higher plan, you must use this precious silver to become an honest man by the witness of the martyrs, by the passion and the blood. God has raised you out of darkness. I have saved your soul for God. 
Now, we don't know how much Valjean knew about God or God's grace, right? It's interesting that he found his way to the cathedral and took shelter huddled in its doorway. Perhaps there was a tug, a tug or two of deep something inside of him that led him to the church and to the bishop. We Methodists, we have a, a word for that. We call it prevenient grace. The grace that goes before we're even paying attention to God and God's grace. And indeed, so it unfolds. Vagine has a, a real experience of God's grace lived out by that kindly bishop. And as we know the story, to his great credit, he does not take God's grace in vain. He lets it touch him. He lets it affect him. It sustains him, and it ultimately transforms him. Instead of sloughing off God's grace, he lets it remake his life and puts himself in a position to pass forward that good to others. It strikes me that it's just a beautiful example of the saving power of God's grace in a very dramatic way in human life. Now, we are a little different than Valjean. I think if I, if I know us all well enough, none of us have really kind of been through that kind of experience in our lives. And so many of us have been raised in the church so that uh, grace is a term that we're somewhat familiar with, even if we haven't plumbed the depths of it in our lives yet. We have a, a sneaky suspicion that God's up to something really marvelous with this grace stuff. I... I guess was kind of like that. I was raised in the church. You know, I was born on a Sunday morning during worship. Could that possibly be true or is that just a family legend? I'm not really sure anymore. Both my parents have passed on, so I can't check it. So I'm just claiming it, that that's actually what happened. Reared in the church, all the Sunday school, youth group, confirmation, all of that stuff, you know. But in my freshman year of college, things all kind of came apart, and I ended up having exploratory surgery. Um, I had lost half the blood in my body, and so they decided to cut me open and figure out what was going on. I went through, in my mind, <laughs> a very dramatic story of healing, emotionally and spiritually, as well as physically, as a result of this surgery. Clear memory of a houseboat trip on the Mississippi River. Bible study and prayer, rainstorm, dramatic sense of cleansing on top of this houseboat, and remarkably, a feeling of new birth. I would have said I was a Christian before that, and I believe sincerely that I was, but in that moment, I went into a different kind of relationship with God through Christ, and that I saw in Jesus something more personal, a personal Lord and Savior for me, rather than a uh, concept that I learned about in Sunday school. It became a real personal thing to me, And there was a, a healing of my body and a healing of my mind and most importantly, I think, a healing of my spirit that happened that summer through 
that process of opening myself in a, in a new way to God's grace. It was transformative for me. The experience was, yes, it was built upon my religious foundation. That's true. I'm not going to deny that at all. I'm thankful for my parents for that foundation. Yet, something moved forward because of those experiences of surgery and riverboat and prayer and opening up again. Something moved forward emotionally and spiritually for me in a dramatic way that, that pulled me back from what I would have said in those days, back from a brink, back from a precipice, an edge, and set me in a firm footing for what came in my life thereafter. This, this type of, you know, I, I don't mean to be too personally revealing, but this type of, of sharing of, of spiritual things that happen, it's, it's a good thing for us to do on occasion, isn't it? It helps, it helps to remind the person telling the story of what they've been through, the experience that they've had, and it also offers encouragement perhaps for others to seek the possibility of this kind of experience in their own lives. And, and I wonder if anyone else has a testimony he or she might be willing to share on, on some occasion about the power of God's grace in their lives. How perhaps it turned their lives around. How perhaps they might even use the words of it saved me or it transformed me. Have you had such a moment of saving or sustaining grace that was dramatic in your life? Perhaps that's Perhaps that's where you are right now in your life, coming out of these challenging times, on the cusp of something spiritually big and life-changing for you. Such moments as that are, are available for all of us and they come at differing times in our life under different circumstances. But if you have a story like that that you would want to share, let Pastor Rachel or, or me know, and we'll, we'll try to find a time to, to have you share that story so that we all can be edified by how God has worked in our lives. It can be so for all of us. We need only to lay our burdens upon the Lord. So perhaps you've done wrong or, or maybe you've just cared less or, or maybe you've just been thoughtless or, or a little hurtful or maybe even intentionally a little nasty. Or perhaps you've even turned from God and have been fed up Turn from Christ for one reason or another. Your story isn't over in your life. All is not lost. Remember that God's grace abounds and it is available to all of us. Our anthem this morning, Come Ye Disconsolate, keeps keeps crossing my mind as I'm saying these words as I talk about God's grace and its saving and transforming power. And for me, in that hymn, the key line, and I'll try to say it without crying because it just, it, it catches me up every time I, I say the words, but it is, it's simply this, that earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal. <laughs>
So are you forlorn? Jesus is here for you. God's grace is the balm, the author of that hymn might say. Are you feeling overpressed? Are you feeling stretched to the limits of what you can do? Well, God in Christ is here for you. God's grace is the balm. If you're feeling misunderstood or wronged or feeling sorrowful, that, that joy has, has left your heart, feels like it's left your home, Jesus is here for you. God's grace is the balm. And maybe in the old classical language, you are just feeling sin sick. Jesus is here. God's grace abounds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is here for you. As the bishop sings in this film, rest from pain, rest from wrongs. Self-inflicted or caused by others. God's grace is here for you to hear your soul and to make right your life. You can be transformed like Valjean in this dramatic, dramatic way, or like Paul, a little bit different of a story, but again, dramatic transformation. Or like me, a little less dramatic of a story, but still a remaking of a life. Give your life to God through Christ and accept the grace that God provides. Take it not in vain. Amen. During our offering time, you are encouraged to, to think about, well, how you might respond to God's grace in your life. How you might respond to however you've heard God's word for you this morning through our songs and our prayers and our scripture and this sermon how it might shape you, and then because of that shaping, how you might move forward. And depending on our circumstances of life, perhaps even our skill sets or our personalities or how life has gone for us up until this moment, we will respond in a variety of differing ways, all of us. But you are invited to respond. God knocks on your door and you're invited to respond through new thoughts, renewed thoughts, resolve, words, prayerful, shared with loved ones perhaps, or actions, perhaps through actions. Perhaps this is a call to action that you hear in your life. The time of offering in the worship service is created for this kind of moment in which we kind of audit, talk to God quietly in our minds, find a takeaway, and resolve. So we invite you to give of gifts as a sign of that, but we also have other ways in which we can give our gifts or give our energy or our spirits. And so I'm, I'm having our mission moment for today be here in the offering time. 
And so I'm going to ask the, the media to bring up our, our mission moment and to take a listen and a hear to an opportunity that we have to respond. The Canal Valley is 1,900 square miles of beautiful land and some of the most idyllic weather found anywhere in the world. As the fourth most affluent city of its size in the country, it homes enough amenities to feed the lifestyles of the wealthy and influential. As an idyllic setting to live, work, and raise a family, there is an ongoing hardship that is rarely brought to light, and that is hunger. There remains a staggering number of hardworking residents who live amidst the incredible wealth of the Canal Valley, yet struggle to make ends meet. In fact, there are over 15,000 families who cannot provide their family with three meals a day. For our less affluent families, putting food on the table is often a sacrifice. But there is one local organization who has made it its mission to provide wholesome, nutritious food in plentiful quantities so families don't have to wonder where their next meal is coming from. Mana Conejo Valley Food Bank was founded in 1971 by a group of people who felt strongly that no person should ever go hungry in our community. Volunteers work alongside a team of board members, staff, and a special needs workforce to make sure Mana's mission is carried out with dignity and compassion. For almost 50 years, Mana's Food Bank has been a well-regarded model of success for hunger relief by providing food assistance to our local neighbors in need. However, MANA is supported entirely through private donations of food and funding. More than 96% of the food MANA collects and distributes each year is donated by organizations and individuals from around the Conejo Valley who want to put an end to hunger in our community. With an eye towards the future and a desire to meet the growing needs it foresees, MANA is on a path to improve its operations in order to serve the growing population among us. Healthy food choices and access to resources can end a personal crisis and prevent homelessness. Seniors, working moms, college students, returning veterans, and others, MANA will be here. MANA's mission is to provide dignity to those at a time when they need it most. Won't you join us in making sure that all of our neighbors are able to enjoy the benefits of living in this beautiful valley that we call home? Follow our social media and begin your call to action today. I hope you can, and I trust you will. heard having a facility that can house the food that is collected and making room for people who are coming to shop is going to help so many more people in our community so for this campaign we're asking if you can continue to bring your foodstuffs and offer them on Sundays at the church but you know we're also asking for some financial donations that would give them a those at MANA a chance to continue their building project and be open in the fall. Uh, there are a couple ways to do that through regular donations of just individuals and families, but they also have sponsorships where your family or the church in general could offer up a, a more sizable donation and have a plaque put on something like a bench for those who are waiting to be served or for pantry shelves that are needed. So as a church, we're looking at, could we donate something that would really make a difference to that facility and have our name there so that the community knows we support you all the way, Manna. thank our, our mission committee for keeping uh, before our attention these opportunities in which we can make a real difference in people's lives and actually make a difference in our own because we are acting upon the power of God's grace in our life to reach out and love God and love neighbor. So let's take a moment to uh, share of our resources. We'll see some information on how to do that on the screen. If you are online and if you are in person, you can use any of those or leave an offering in the plate as you leave today's worship service.
We hope this service has been a blessing to you. God's grace is for you. Take it and let it transform you into your better self. Be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. Amen. Thank you.